three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As all, well, actually, not quite as always. I am one half of your hosting crew for the episode. Walker Lot is your other half. You'll notice that the podcast is usually spit into thirds. However, there is only two people moving forward. Um, unfortunately, Ryan Schroeder gambled with his life last week. There's no way that Cypress wins by 29, and not, not a chance. So uh, I, someone clip that. Uh, yeah, you, you clip me, clip me right now. If y'all beat him by twenty nine, I, I, I will exit this podcast. And he lost the gamble. And you know we are men of honor. We're men of our words. And Ryan has been discontinued from the rest of the podcast. So you know Ryan brought up a lot of energy, and he was very valuable. I think Walker, you'd have to agree. But you know a bet's a bet, and Walker, I mean Ryan, will not be allowed to come back uh, ever again. He's been effectively terminated from the Texas Private School podcast. Walker, do you want to add like a little, um, a little memorial speech, a tribute to Ryan Schroeder and the things he's done for us? I mean, it's been real, it's been fun, and it's been some real fun. And he always brought that energy every single day. And I was always, you know, it, it feels like he's still part of us, you know, here in the call, Wes. But, you know, he's just, it's just, it's not the same anymore, you know? You know, uh, I, uh, wait, uh, hang on, hang what? on. I thought, what's that? Is Are we haunted? Oh. Haunted. Oh, I'm back like I never left, baby. I'm back like I never left. All right. You know, one one bad pick is worth nothing at this point. Come on, I'm back. You know, sadly, uh, me and Walker tried to get Walt or Ryan discontinued from the podcast, and we went back to the contracts, realized that um Ryan had built in a no termination clause to his end of the contract, and we legally have to have him on for really as long as he wants to be on this podcast. So you're stuck with Ryan Schroeder, regardless <laughs> of, of any picks he makes. Cypress Christian, we want to personally apologize for all the debauchery that's gone down, but we're stuck with Ryan Schroeder. But Ryan Schroeder, um, Actually, I'm not going to give you an opportunity. Actually, give no, I'm not going to give you an opportunity to defend yourself regarding the Cypress Christian pick. That'll come whenever we recap the Cypress Christian game. And we've already stipulated some terms of what you're going to be doing during that pick. So we will move right into a recap of last week's picks. Ryan went eight and nine. He is 40 and 27. Walker went nine and eight. He is 39 and 28. And I knocked it out of the ballpark going 11 and six. And I am now 41 and 26. I am your pick record leader. I will speak regarding my continued dominance in the pick records. Um, I know the game of football. I know the game of private school football. I will continue to extend my lead, not only over Ryan and Walker, but over everyone else who picks games in Texas high school football. Thank you for your time. Walker Lott, your your thoughts on the pick record and the current status. I can't believe I'm last, man. That hurts. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, you got you to gotta keep going. Got to keep pushing, you know, uh, m- motivate, motivate yourself to do better. And, uh, you know, just take out all the outside noise and focus on what's important. And that means picking games correctly. Fair enough. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on the pick record. So help me God, the word Cypress Christian will not come out of your mouth in the next 30 seconds. No, no, no. We're good. We're good, we're good. Okay, good. I had a really bad week, though. Uh, uh, going under 500 is always uh, something that you don't want to do. So a bad week overall. You know, I had some bad losses, too, with, you know, some of the games that 
I picked maybe starting with the name. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, eight, I went eight, nine, and, you know, that's not the best, but I'm coming back for it. Only one game behind Wes. You know, he gets all these wins this week, but still I'm only trailing by one, so I'm not even worried about it. Uh, you know, there's an old saying that goes almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And I will, I will use that saying until the wheels fall off because it applies in so many different situations. But regardless, I still lead the pick records. I will be leading again when we record next Monday. Just want to make that very clear. Second segment, Players of the Week, one of my favorite segments of all time, starting with the Texas Private School Podcast, Offensive Player of the Week, senior quarterback Jacob Vaughn from Argyle Liberty Christian. Jacob went 22 of 35 for a six. 63% completion percentage, almost 400 passing yards, six touchdowns, and a huge win over Grapevine Faith, and a win that really established Liberty as a force to reckon with in Division Two. Walker, Jacob Vaughn, we know, has been a tremendous talent for our Liberty. We saw him go toe-to-toe with some of the best quarterbacks in the state in seven-on-seven. What are your thoughts on him throwing for 406 touchdowns and winning our Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week? I mean, I think it's like uh, Argyle Liberty has always had like a stable of like kind of Division One caliber type of quarterback, and he's the next one on that list. And I mean, it's very, very impressive. And he's also good for right now how the program is going, you know, in the right direction. And him at the helm these past two years, kind of getting them into the right direction of only going up. He's the perfect guy to do that. And because of that. He has a lot of young 2025, 2024 weapons around him that have, you know, he's probably been that leader for those guys. And just watching the film, it's very, very impressive. He has a great arm. He's accurate with the ball too. He, you know, he's, you know, he can read the defense really well and he knows exactly where to put it. So, um, and that sh- film from last week showed that in a big win over Gravine Faith, kind of cementing themselves in division two as, Hey, you got to watch out for us. They are definitely here to stay. Ryan, your thoughts on Jacob Vaughn winning Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. That's a great win over Grapevine Faith. Uh, Grapevine Faith is a team that, you know, I, a tough loss to ESD the week before, but still one of the top teams in D2, at least in my opinion. Uh, and, and whenever you throw six touchdowns, you know, if you and you, and you throw for 63%, you, you're going to get mentioned, especially 400 yards, which was like, it's so funny. I was like, I'm mentioning six TDs and 63%. He threw for 400 yards. Like, you know, that's also the biggest thing for him. So Jacob Vaughn, if we haven't mentioned him enough, he's a superb quarterback from Argyle Liberty. And yeah, he's the one driving that force up in Argyle. Yeah, definitely so. So congratulations to Jacob Vaughn for winning the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. Oh, go on, Walker. I want to mention the guy who also kind of was in the running and the six-man dude. Uh, Cade Houston from Covenant Christian down in Conroe, uh, eight touchdowns, four rushing, two passing, two receiving, and also an interception in total 457 yards of total offense. That's just a little <laughs> shout out to all the six man guys out there. Cade Houston, great job, man. He's you know, like the call. Dylan- oh yeah. I was gonna say he's like the Dylan Bell. I like the Dylan Bell of six man. They call it the the fastest game on grass for a reason. It is a it is a fantastic game. However, that will conclude our offensive player of the week segment. Transitioning into the Texas Private School podcast defensive player of the week, senior linebacker Seth Scott from Dallas Parish Episcopal. Seth had twenty six tackles. I'm going to pause there for a second to let everyone digest what I just said. Twenty six tackles, ten of them solo, and one tackle for loss in the loss to Dallas South Oak Cliff. I'm not going to say too much because Walker, you were covering this game so walker seth scott 26 tackles against one of the best teams in the state bar none your thoughts 
thoughts on Seth Scott's performance? I mean, he was always there at the right place in the right time. Granted, I mean, they probably ran uh, South Oak Cliff. We'll talk about it later, but like South Oak Cliff probably ran the ball up the middle, probably out of their all their plays, probably 80% of it up the middle. So he had to make those plays, and that's exactly what he did most of the night. So you got to give credit to the linebacker. Um, you know, Keegan Addison was a big-time player there last year, and he kind of takes over that role as that main linebacker that just gets the job done. And uh, watch the film. It's very, very impressive against a big offensive line and a, a really good running back in Danny Green. Hmm. Nice to see that Danny Green's taking some time off from the Spurs to come participate in Texas high school football. Walker, I mean, Ryan, your thoughts on Seth Scott's um, fantastic performance against South Oak Cliff. Yeah, it's a great performance. We keep talking. I I know Walker was there, but Parrish is incredible. We'll talk about it more in a second when we get to the rest of the games. But Dallas Oak Cliff, uh, South Oak Cliff is a great, great uh, team. a team that has been successful these past few years. And uh, it's guys like Seth Scott who come up with big plays for Parrish, which is in the, which is the reason why Parrish has been uh, such a dominant force these past few years as well. 26 tackles is crazy. And uh, I texted Walker uh, in the middle and I was like, I was asking him, I asked him, I was like, is there a guy, uh, is there a guy named uh, uh, Bubba? And he, he was like, yep, there's a guy named Bubba. Apparently Bubba, is this like huge guy that was a uh, a uh, blocking and that Seth Scott had to get past in order to make the make to make twenty six tackles, man? Now he uh Bubba uh, Brown Brooks, aka Bubba Brooks, um he is probably I don't want to like he is probably six five. I'd probably say around three eighty. Um, and he's going to TCU. Watch someone go watch his rivals film because it was really fun to watch. Six five three six or yeah, six five three sixty. He was cooking fools at the rivals camp, but yeah, he had to go against him and that defensive line. Had to go against that big Bubba all night, and it was that was that's a hard task to that's do. So tough. Sounds like an East Texas name. I'm surprised that that's a guy playing for Dallas South Oak Cliff. I'd expect him to be playing for like Longview or something like that. <laughs> but I mean, shout out Seth Scott. Congratulations for winning the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week. So now really quickly before we get into our game recaps, we're going to talk about some of the last week's matchups. Thanks to the TXPS Media Football Scoreboard that whether you love him or you hate him, Ryan does a fantastic job at putting together every week. And I seriously, it's I, I think it's it's one of the best things that we do in terms of, I mean, right, literally Friday night, we get all these scores aggregated, put into one central location that you can see. But as for that, I mean, the main thing I'm going to say is, I mean, even though it's not on the board, shout out Grace Community for beating Lone Oak 56 to 21. The Cougars are back in full force. But yeah, I mean, looking at this scoreboard, uh, DC drums Bishop Lynch 34 to 14. I think we more or less expected that. Maybe not by that many points, but we know DC is legit. Episcopal over Nolan Catholic. That's a, that's a close one. That's close a very was. good game. Listen, man, Nolan's a good team. I mean, I know we had our doubts moving into the season, and their record doesn't necessarily reflect their talent up to this point. But, I mean, Nolan Catholic's good, and I think they're going to surprise some people in district. Just looking around, oh, St. John's demolishing Second Baptist. Yeah, there is absolutely no way anyone can pretend that St. John's isn't one of the best teams in private school at this point. I mean, it's impossible to ignore. And they are just beating St. John's by that, or beating Second Baptist by that much is crazy. Go on, Walker. I mean, when we talk about that, of course, he just goes away right when I, I had him up, but like um Stephen Gill in that game went absolutely off. 
Um, let me let me look it up for a second. Yeah, Stephen Gill in that game threw 330 plus passing yards and six touchdowns. Uh, I think he was like 14 of 16 passing and three quarters and beat him 48, 49 to 21. Like you said, that's an unreal stat performance by Stephen Gill. And he was one of the guys we were thinking about for player of the week. Um, at him at the 2024 quarterback, he's the real deal, man. And that team is the real deal, like you said. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Oak Ridge demolishes Covenant Christian and St. Mark's beats Frisco Legacy. Yeah. Uh, Covenant, go, oh, go on. I was just going to talk about, because I've, I've heard some things now at this point, for anyone that's interested in learning about it, it's Legacy is just hurt. Like, like I mean, we're hurt. And and I'm and I'm and I'm not even going to defend like Legacy at this point. Like, I'm not trying to defend like just the losses and stuff. They're two and two at this point. They have a win over Oak Ridge, which is probably the best win they have on their schedule because uh, the other one was HSA. But I mean, a lot of guys are hurt. Uh, Trace Harris, the whole story that we keep talking about, he's still hurt um, from what I've been told. And so it's just like what our starting running back is hurt. Um, and honestly, it's just it, it's it's kind of getting sad and stuff like that just to see all these guys go down every week and stuff. So uh, but yeah, if y'all were wondering where Legacy was started, Legacy started with a lot of healthy guys first week. But, you know, uh, part of football is staying healthy. Yeah, you will certainly see that as as the season goes on. Teams will start to get more and more banged up. Covenant Knights beat First Baptist 52 to 18. Covenant is actually a team that we've been told to keep our eyes on. It looks like they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Shiner St. Paul destroys Legacy Prep in one of the worst picks I've ever made, picking Legacy Prep in that game. Uh, Brooke Hill beats White Oak in the game that we had our correspondent, Matthew Liskey, covering. John Cooper destroys Green Hill, proving that the Dragons are back on the right track, as they have been. Walker's alma mater, SCS, destroys John Paul II, which I said some interesting things about on the Twitter space. If anyone remembers, <laughs> I hope they don't. Uh, Bishop Dunn destroys Shelton. Fort Worth Country Day loses a close one to Houston Christian. And Antonian Prep beats San Antonio Memorial 35-7. So, guys, is there anything else y'all want to add to the, the list of scores we already have? Yeah. I th- uh, I, you get, yeah, we'll talk about the Parish game last. Um but Houston Christian four with Country Day. Country Day was one of those better teams in 3A last year. And him, Houston Christian moved down from 4A to 3A in SBC. And it looks like they're on the right direction, beating one of the better teams in 3A last year. Um, you already mentioned the Covenant big win over First Baptist. And then, yeah, I talked about St. John's quarterback. But uh, Cole Allen has 14 touchdowns through four games, and that is an unreal stat line for him. We're excited to watch him. And if any college is looking at him, look at that 2025 running back. He is the real deal. Um, Concordia and Lutheran South, the battle of the 3-0 teams. One came out on top in uh, Tomball Concordia, who, you know, they were the last – or like one of the last teams in that division last year or district in the South last year. And I'm like, I'm excited to see if like they might beat like a St. Pius this year, kind of like raise up a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Ryan, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we go to parish? Yeah. So there's us. Uh, one thing I want to bring up, cause I, I saw it on Twitter earlier today and I, I just, I didn't even think about it. Dallas Covenant is 4-0, by the way. I want everybody to remember that. They beat uh, uh, Louisville Founders Classical first game, which, you know, I won't comment on that, but beat Colleyville Covenant, beat Green Hill, and now just beat First Baptist. So play Willow Park this week, and then they run into D.C., but this Dallas Covenant team has a chance to go 5-0. and I mean, that's no matter which way you spin it, you could say they're playing teams that, you know, aren't the highest class, but 
I don't care. Like that's impressive. Really good for Dallas Covenant, a team that, um, you know, I'm glad to see back on the rise. You got an LLC, uh, LCCS team, the Lake Country team that's undefeated as well. Fourth Christian undefeated, Dallas Christian undefeated, ESD undefeated, um, Grace is undefeated for that matter. Uh, Weatherford Christian's undefeated. So it's a we're we're sitting pretty hot right now with a lot of the undefeated teams going through. Uh, we'll see how many uh, end up undefeated after this week, though, because mayhem has been happening recently, and uh, it can be displayed by our pick records. That is true. Walker, you don't want to give us a quick synopsis of the Paris South Oak Cliff game since you were on staff covering the Battle of the State Champions, South Oak Cliff versus Parish Episcopal, and Parish, uh, Parish Episcopal lost in this one, but South Oak Cliff winning a game-winning field goal to win 31-28. to 28. Uh, We did a preview of it on the special episode. If you want to go check that out, it was kind of cool to do that. But to give a rundown of this game, South Oak Cliff, um, I think on at the, at the start of the game, they looked the better team without a doubt. Um, but I think in the first half, Parish Episcopal did not bend. They, they, you know, they bent, but they didn't break. And they only let Oak Cliff and that rushing attack. When I say like 80% of their, their, their like offensive game was running up the middle. Like, I really do think that's like, honestly true. Like rushing, they had, look at this. Uh, Danny Green had 122 yards rushing and uh, Williams also had 155 yards rushing. And most of that was behind the middle behind their two, TCU commits like that's literally what their offense was which I mean granted it worked but you got to give credit to this defensive line Kayla Mitchell Irving James Cave Trey Williams and a big shout out to uh what is his name Ian Ussery that man went against Big Bubba all night and he was had to get killed a lot of times but what I had to give credit to him was in that third and fourth quarter when they when that offensive line got a little bit tired, that defensive line sell, held strong, and he made a lot of tackles for loss. I think Usher, yeah, uh, had one tackle for loss, uh, five total tackles. That defensive line came ready to play, and it's like you know, Wes, it's like a thousand paper cuts, right? You just slowly cut them, cut them until it kind of hurts you over. That's what that defense did to South Oak Cliff's run game, and I'm not saying they stopped it because literally till the end of the game they really couldn't stop it, but they held them a lot of times when like it didn't really look like it was going to, to um, perish uh, South. Oak, they shut down South Oak Cliff's passing game, really most of the game. So credit those DBs. Comsi uh, Arenza uh, had a pick six and also another big PPU that I have on my Twitter. Um, Daniel Demery. Daniel Demery is probably one of the most underrated athletes in the state of Texas this year, not private, not public, just straight football in the state of Texas. That man is a dog. He's a great leader for that team that's one thing i really noticed he was a great like just teammate for his guys um i I can't speak highly of that kid more it's just i'm just very very impressed with the kid and also the football side of it too um i think Ole miss is getting a steal on him but offensive side parish um they you know they only scored seven in the first half it was 14-7 at the half. And then in the third quarter, they scored 21 in the fir- third quarter to make it a 28-14 to 14 game. Um, and they were – and it was to the point where I was like, they had, you know, they had uh, South Oak Cliff like on, you know, under their under their shoe, just ready about to be squashed. And the key of the game is the four turnovers. 
four turnovers for that team. I think like two picks and two fumbles, maybe even five turnovers. Ever, I would love. I, would, I don't know on the top of my head, but um, Sawyer Anderson, I think, threw two picks. Maddox Reed fumbled the ball twice, and one of them shouldn't really have been a fumble. Uh, I think he was down, and you know, a lot of those Paris fans are gonna be happy. I said that because I think it was. Uh, but I mean, that's how the refs sometimes refs go, and it doesn't go your way. Um, but it was so close, man. Um, I want shouting out guys. Uh, Sawyer Anderson, I think, is one of the best quarterbacks in 2025, regardless of private or public. His the throw, the way he throws the ball is so effortless, and he's accurate with it too on the run in the pocket. It's very, very impressive. Um, Derek Usbiel, the price of one transfer, is the number one guy for Sawyer and probably around like six foot. He looks a lot like just like like young bud West from last year. Just the guy yeah. that kind of do whatever he needs to be a little not undersized, but just like not six three or anything like that. But he's shifty, quick, athletic, um, a really good player for them. Uh Cedric May is kind of the versatile guy. Hutch Crow made a really good uh catch that was turned back. You can find him on Twitter. Um I, and that offensive line, man, we talked about him on a thing, but that one of the big loss going forward will be their center uh, Weber. I believe he got hurt the first drive and that also helped with that also was bad with a lot of those big time defensive linemen they had to face, um, you know, just a backup center wasn't able to produce. Um, I know, I know this was supposed to be quick, but I'm trying to get through every <laughs> thought I had. I'll say this at the end of it, you know, you could see it on their faces after the loss that they wanted it bad. They wanted it to be known that the private schools can play with the big dogs. And they wanted to prove that so bad that you could just tell. And the one thing I will never say, and I know I can just tell, and I, I, I just know that team is never going to quit. And they're going to come back even hungrier next week. Like they're because they know they should have won that game. And honestly, like to Paris fans out there, you should have won that game. The turnovers is what killed you. And that's going to be just reminded forever about the team that could have beat the state champions. There were just a couple turnovers away, not even four, just one or two that killed you. So they could have definitely done it, but at the end of the day, they did it and that's going to haunt them. And it's going to make them even motivated even further. So probably go, what, what is it like 14 and one at the end of the year? And they're going to have a fantastic year. Very, very impressed with this team. Defense is insane. Um, offense is nuts. I mean, they can go and play with any one of the big dogs. That's what I could tell from that game. I, I want your quick opinion on Parker Meese. Parker Meese obviously was the uh, other sophomore besides Sawyer on a team full of seniors and juniors. Parker was the second in tackles with 21 total tackles, according to Max Preps. Um, I, I, I just want to know, like, on a team full of just upperclassmen, what do you think about Parker Meese and like Sawyer Anderson being two of the guys that are like in leading positions as sophomores? Yeah, Parker Meese is an interesting one coming from Plano Prestonwood. You have he has a lot of offers, and you know, I've heard a lot about him. And watching him play, you could tell why he's smart, he knows where he needs to be, he makes the right tackles, and he's just he has the size to him, probably six one, six two linebacker, and just um he just looks the part man. And he plays that way and he plays tough. He plays physical Parker played really good. I think he's going to be one of the better 2025s in the state, especially at the linebacking position. Um, and I think he deserves the offers he's gotten um, after watching him play. Um, they're they're They are an old team and it's going to be interesting to see next year guys, how this team does. Cause they have a lot of seniors leaving, but um, some of the other receiver positions like Hutch Crow, 
uh, and another one of them, uh, Fields, is another senior or sorry, or sophomores, I believe, sophomore and a freshman. So they have some other guys that are playing that are young, but um, yeah, I think he's going to be pretty good. This the Parker Meese. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Parrish is Parrish. Uh, Parrish is most likely going to roll through Division One, and I mean, I think, I mean, listen, they they just almost beat South Oak Cliff. How much more like evidence do you want for them? to be solidified as the best team in private school. Right now, it's not a debate, and I don't think it'll be debated throughout the rest of the season. However, moving forward, we have five games to recap from last week that we previewed. The first being Cistercian versus Trinity Valley. This ended in a 30-27 to win for Trinity Valley. Gavin Parkhurst, Class of 25 quarterback, makes up that incredible Class of 25 class, leads the Trojans past a red-hot Cistercian team, putting up 168 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Add in 14 tackles from sophomore Jacob Menard and 12 from junior Tucker Howell and Trinity Valley proves here that the 817 is made uh, is made up of more than Fort Worth All Saints Nolan Fort Worth Christian and SCS thank you for the thank you for the flash edition at the end Walker but I mean listen I mean Trinity Valley um they're they're on the rise they beat a red hot Cistercian team here Walker since you're from the 817 I'll turn to you first what do you think of Trinity Valley getting the win here yeah, I mean, that's a big win against a team that went to the state championship for 3A last year. Um, and Trinity Valley just, I mean, it's it's a very interesting thing because back when I was in high school, they won it, I think, once or twice at the state championship at 3A. So it's not like they're not used to being at that level. I think the past couple of years, they maybe took a little bit down, but with Gavin Parkhurst and some Gavin Parkers and some of the other guys, that, uh, Main, Maynard and uh, Tucker Howell and Carter Lee, and Peppa Reagan, guys like that. Yeah, the, the I believe Peppa Reagan was the guy who kicked the game-winning field goal to win the game for them. So, um, yeah, I think I think they're on the right direction to get back to where you know they're kind of used to being a, one of the better teams in uh, SBC three A. Yeah, no, I mean they're they're definitely getting back to those state champion levels. I would assume. Ryan, your thoughts on TVS beating Cistercian here? Yeah, Gavin Parkers has to be the one talked about, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy that had 167 yards passing and 168 yards rushing. Um, he had three touchdowns on the ground. I mean, uh, if we're being completely fair, he almost did it all by himself. Uh, he he's a, he's a stud in his own right. He leads his team. Um, and he leads his team as a sophomore. Another 2025 in private school, just like uh, you know who we were just talking about. And I, I just want to make it known as well that Parkhurst is, is, is doing very, very well for this Trinity Valley team. But for Cistercian not to lose hope, because Cistercian, um, you know, they got a strong team, strong, and they go into a strong matchup this week against Grace Prep. Um, I, I, I really like this Cistercian team. I was told by multiple people that saw them play against Legacy that they're a strong team. So I, I think Cistercian will be right back on track. But Trinity Valley, what a win. And Parkhurst, what an amazing game for you, uh, sir. Definitely so. Probably better to be playing Grace Prep than Grace Community right now. Moving on to Fort Bend Christian versus – sorry, I got to slide Grace propaganda in whenever I can. Fort Bend Christian versus Trinity Christian Addison. This ends in a 17-8 win for Fort Bend Christian and a much-needed win for the Eagles. A strong defensive effort garners the Eagles a much-needed win here against Trinity Christian Addison. Class of 25 standout Max Granville had two tackles for loss, three sacks, a fumble recovery, and a pass deflection just for the icing on the cake. 
Class of 23 linebacker Connor Tylus also had an impressive effort for the Eagles with 14 tackles and three tackles for loss. Shout out to Coach Mack for the stats. So, guys, we were talking last week if the cheese was starting to slide off the cracker for Fort Bend. I mean, they very desperately needed a win here after dropping a couple games. They probably should have won. Walker, what do you <laughs> Excuse me, Walker, what are your thoughts of Fort Bend getting back on track here against TCA? I mean, that's a big win for them. A 17-8 win. You know, TCA, uh, I know they're, what, 0-4 now? So it's not like, you know, they look like the worst team. But South Oak Cliff was 0-3 before the Parrish game. So, I mean, some of the better teams are not going to have the best records just of how the talent they played. And Fort Bend looks legit, man. Back to where they are. And Max Granville, the 2025 standout, is guy – um, I think he's going to be a nationally ranked player at the end of the at the end of his career in high school. Two TFLs and three sacks—that is disgusting um, against the Fort Bend uh, attorney Christian out of the team. Um, I'm just very impressed with this team. You know, they have to have the mindset to bounce back and do what they need to do. And against a big time Cibolo Steel matchup this week, I'm very excited to see how they do. Wes, do you have do you have a question of who? Sorry, trivia question, Wes. Do you oh, know no. who on the AM roster right now has been have went to Cibolo Steel? Went to Cibolo Steel. No, I do not. I'm not even gonna pretend to know who. Uh Jalen Jones, the newcomer back to back really? in this week. Yep. Interesting. I did not know that. Ryan, your thoughts on Fort Bend Christian getting the win over Trinity Christian Addison here. Yeah, I mean this is this is a must need a uh, must win situation for them. Uh, me and Walker actually picked TCA in this game. Uh, we this was a one in three versus zero and three or sorry one and two versus zero and three matchup last uh, week. And to be honest, we thought it was literally the most the most like you know the best two teams for your money kind of thing that were below five hundred, right? Like like this TCA team is a really really good team. Um, and, and I don't know, and and that really begs the question at this point, is the cheese sliding off the cracker for TCA Addison, a team that, you know, did really well in independent last year. Um, and this year they come back into D one, uh, back into the, like the structured taps and, and, and now they're, uh, a little bit different than what they were. Uh, they're own four, but Fort Bend has taken advantage of that. And yeah, the Cibolo steel game is going to be a real test for them. Uh, Going away to Civil Steel, I'm I'm gonna be fair. It's gonna be a very hard game, and if they come out of there losing by only seven or you know one or two scores, I'll be really really impressed. And they should they should feel pretty good about themselves going into the district. I know they I know they probably scheduled that game as just like all right, let's hit them hard right before they go to district. So uh, I'm excited. I think Fort Pitt can still do really really well. A really hard off season um, schedule with Dallas Christian St. John's. Um, and, and tried to try to be there with TC Addison, Civil Steel. Fort Bend is working their way, but yeah, come on, guys, we got to talk about this. TC Addison, you know, 0 and 4 now. It's like all our high hopes on TC Addison after last year's independent run. Is, is the cheese sliding, or is that the right one? Cheese sliding off the cracker for uh, TC Addison? I mean, listen, they've played four, they played four very good teams in ESD, All Saints, Gunner, and Fort Bend. I mean, their schedule doesn't get immensely easier after that. I mean, we'll see. It's their first year back in D1. Um, I think there's going to be some growing pains. I think talent's still there. Um, we'll see. You know, Walker, what are your thoughts on uh, TCA's ability to compete once they get into the district? I think the close games that they've had all these past couple of weeks show that they definitely have the talent 
but the question is, do they have the talent in to get over the hump? That's going to be the big question going into the district. I agree. I mean, we'll be following TCA, obviously, as the season goes on. It'll be interesting to see how they fare over the next few weeks. Moving on into the next game, it was Prestonwood versus Fort Worth All Saints, which ended in a 24-21 win for Prestonwood. 239 rushing yards get the Lions, the much-needed win here behind 161 from senior A.J. Sibley. Sibley and senior quarterback McGuire Martin accounted for all three line touchdowns, Sibley having one on the ground and Martin with one through the air to tag O'Neal and another with his legs. Prestonwood also held ta- uh, held talented senior quarterback Jalen Spriggs under 150 yards passing and picked him off twice. An all-around solid performance from the Lions in this contest and a win that they desperately needed. Walker, your thoughts on Prestonwood getting the three-point victory over Fort Worth All Saints last week? Yeah, I mean, Prestonwood kind of looks back to where they needed to go, you know. A.J. Sibley, who I believe was at Plano John Paul maybe a year last year or the year before, um, looks the part, man. 239 rushing yards is a big, or sorry, um, 160 from AJ Sibley is very, very impressive. Um, and he, I mean, I just think they're on the right track, man. And I'm very, very impressed with this team kind of starting off kind of not as good as you expected. Who they lose to? Oh, Liberty. They lost Liberty week one, but they're kind of back into their form of being what the pressure was that we thought they were going to be this year. Um, and Fort Worth All Saints, man. Dang, they just can't catch a break of getting the font. Like, what is it? 24-21 lose, 13-10 win over TCA, and then a close one with Nolan. I don't remember the top of my head. Um, so they've just had close games here every single time, and they just can't get over the hump on certain ones of them, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think they have enough talent to eventually get over that hump. It just it needs to come sooner rather than later. Yep. Ryan, your thoughts on Preston getting the three-point victory here over All Saints? So what I what I will say in this game is it it did take a second like for this Presswood team like with Cunningham you you had him for so long I mean I know friends here at school with me that had Cunningham as their head coach and stuff like that like like if we're being completely fair he has coached at, at Presswood forever he is what Presswood knows right so first year head coach uh, Coach Yantis coming in um, I hope I'm saying that right but Coach Yantis coming in you know there was doubts about this team. You, you, they lose week one, 28 to seven to Liberty, you know, lots of doubts, but amazing wins, you know, beating a Houston second Baptist team and then growing to then beat a little Elm team right after that. And then at, right after that, you beat a, uh, you know, an all saints team, right? It's like very, very, very impressive wins. And overall, I, I just have to say that Presswood is on the right track. This next game is going to be a real test after Cornerstone just beat Midland. Um, you, you will almost wonder if Prestonwood could beat this team. You know, they're, they're showing that they're going to be uh, ready for district. I, I'm super excited for those games against Nolan and, uh, and, and Parrish as well. I, I think they can put up a fight against, the, against those teams uh, come time for district. Prestonwood, super impressive. I was, I was kind of down on them as soon as they lost to Liberty, but you know what? Give them a couple games and Yantis has got them in shape. So coach Yantis got them in shape. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Preston Wood has the ability, like we said, preseason to be one of the best teams in D1. And I think that obviously the talent is there and that potential is still there. So we will be following that throughout the rest of the season. Moving on to the next game, we had Argyle Liberty face off against Grapevine Faith, which ended in a 
lopsided 50 to 13 win for Liberty. A spectacular 400 yard, five touchdown effort from senior quarterback Jacob Vaughn leads the Warriors to a route of D2 power grapevine faith and announces that Liberty is here to stay. Sophomore athlete Brady Janicek has four touchdowns, two of them rushing, two of them receiving, with 170 receiving yards to go along with them. Luke Thompson, Quentin Brown, and Blake Brisker also caught touchdowns as the Warriors' passing attack is a dangerous machine at the moment. Sophomore Ben Wagoner had a nice game with 90 yards receiving and a touchdown, but the Warriors were simply too much for faith to handle in this game. So, Walker, in a game that I think we expected to be a little bit closer, what are your thoughts on Liberty just blowing faith out of the water here? I just want to mention something, right? All those names you mentioned, right? 25 Brady Janusek, 25 Quentin Brown, 25 Ben Wagoner. That team is young. Then that's kind of scary. Like, you know, Jacob Vaughn is one of the guys, and I forgot the other guy on the defensive line, the 6'6 dude. They have some seniors that are going to be those, you know, leaders for that team. But that team is young, man. And uh, Trey Turner is one of the guys at the cornerback position, which I really like, who I really like as a player. Um, I'm just very, very impressed with this team. And we said it on the space a little bit. So if you weren't there, you should tune in next week. But um, if, this team, you know, when we went into this season, we're like, oh, they'll probably be the bottom of that district. That district is wide open to where I don't even know. I think they could even get the first seed in that division. I have or district. I have no idea anymore because that team looks so good going into district. And I think they they're right now. I don't know. Go with me here, guys. Is that the hottest team going into district? I mean, I need to look at that district one more time, but it's hard to make an argument that it's not. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yes, I, I think they are. I think they're the hottest team. Uh, I, I will say that confidently. I think All Saints has been tip, uh, tipping around here and there. You know, Ford Christian is undefeated, but the wins from Liberty Christian just look a little bit stronger. Uh, yep. Fourth Christian uh, is still winning, and they still are undefeated, and Liberty is not undefeated, but I think you can argue – um, you know, with a bye this week, Fort Worth Christian's only going to be stronger and they play great fine faith. And I think they're going to get their fourth one this week against great fine faith coming up a little bit later. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean to do that, but, uh, in all reality, I think you can kind of mark down right now that Liberty and Fort Worth Christian look the best right now, even though in the, in the preseason, we may have thought Fort Worth all saints would have looked at would have been that team. Fourth All Saints and Southwest Christian don't look bad at all. Let it be known. However, I just I think I think we got different teams right now that are looking hot. Yeah, just looking at the district as of now, I think you know I think Liberty might be the favorite to grab that number one seed. But yeah, that district is absolutely wide open. And we did mention before the season that we thought that district was going to be pretty wide open. So we I have to cover our you know what a little bit. We 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 had an idea that it was going to be a little crazy. But shout out to Liberty. We will be following as the season progresses and moving into the last game that we have to recap. Sadly. Cyprus versus Northland Christian in a game that, uh, no, I picked, I picked Cyprus. Yeah, I picked Cyprus, but you know, okay. So I'm going to lay some ground rules here. Me and Walker will just kind of broadly discuss the ramifications of this game. We will give Ryan Schroeder a single sentence consisting of no more than seven words to explain his opinions on the matter at the very, very end. So Ryan, you better write down or somehow formulate, what those seven words are going to be right now. I mean, Walker discussed, but 
Walker, we don't have a recap in front of us. There was nothing on the internet to discuss exactly. Good, good, Ryan. Exactly this game went. But, you know, Cypress just destroys Northland Christian here. And a Northland Christian team that's not bad, that has legit athletes like Stone Walker. I mean, Cypress proves that they still are the reigning Taps Division Three champions. What are your thoughts on Maxwell Landrum, Deuce Hogan, or Chris Hogan? No, Maxwell Landrum. Um, Chris Hogan. Zeke Hogan. Yeah, Chris oh, Hogan. Zeke. I get Chris Hogan, Zeke Hogan. I went through the uh, whole Hogan bloodline before I got to Zeke Hogan, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, Cypress Christian, still a legit team. Your thoughts on them just blowing North and Christian out of the water. And also, do you think Ryan Schroeder's antics had anything to do with them beating them by that much? No, 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 Ryan. I think, I think uh, they took it personal for sure. I think, and you know, I, I, I can know that's for a fact. And you gotta sometimes you gotta take the bulletin board material and put it on the wall and be like, hey, we're not we're gonna own up to it and show why this person is wrong. And granted, hey, I picked Northland because I was really hyped about Stone Walker, but I mean, Cypress proved why they're one of the better teams in Houston area in the South, um, in Taps Division Three. Um, I just think they're on, they're heading in the right direction. Um, you know, this supposedly is a bit big rebuilding year, but that win shows why uh, it's not much of a rebuild, to be honest. So um, with Maxwell Landrum doing Maxwell Landrum things, I'm guessing they have praise that coming over from legacy prep, being a big receiver for them. Um, but yeah, guys, if someone from Cypress Christian, you know, you're always in our mentions, you know, you want to add us and all that. Let us know. Tell us about your team because we don't know much about y'all. So please hit us up and tell you, hey, who are the biggest guys on defense? Or um, you could just uh, you you could politely ask someone to put y'all stuff on max preps because that would also be an easier way to find to find stats. But okay, Ryan, I'm going to give you your time to say your words now. Remember, seven words, and the penalty is for each subsequent word you go over seven. If you do, then you are you are banned from one of the game previews. So you better make sure it's seven on the nose. I am sorry. Still won't win D3, though. Use that as some bulletin board material, all right? Still won't win D3. That's all I got to say, all right? You know, if you want to use that as bulletin board material, write these four words down and put them on the wall. That's all I got to say. Come on. Give me a hard time. I got one game wrong, but take this little sticky note. I'll send it to you in a package all the way down to Cypress from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yep. Those four words. There you go. Okay. Sorry um, about I wanna it. Make it. I want to make it very clear right now that Ryan Schroeder's views do not reflect that of the Texas Private School Podcast or TXPS Media LLC. Uh, second of all, Ryan, since I very clearly stated that each subsequent word over seven would ban you from one of the game previews, and you probably said 57 words over seven, now you are limited to one word per game preview, and that is the team you are picking. I'm Ooh. sorry. We are, a, we, we are a podcast with rules. I am going it's, – it's how it goes. I apologize. But it was for the rest – you know what? I, I guess it was. But for the remainder of the episode, you are limited to five words, and that will be the names of the teams you are picking. Why? Why do you do? Why do you put me in these positions, Ryan? Oh, okay. 
Oh, this composure. I'm not allowed. Composure, lads. Composure. I'm not allowed to talk, I guess. So I'm just going to stay. Yeah, let me just mute myself real quick. Okay, mute mute yourself until we get to God date. Ryan, I didn't I I didn't want to have to do that. It was a very simple formula. Composure, composure. Oh, we're going to. Okay, well. I'm just imagining what Twitter is going to look like after this episode comes out. Anyway, moving on to the games of the week. Five of them will have commentary. I'm going to try to talk my way out of this shell shock I just experienced. Nolan versus Dallas Christian. In the first game we were covering, Dallas Christian is a half a point favorite moving into the game. You know, D.C. comes in this contest 4-0, defeating three opponents in higher divisions, being Dunn, Fort Bend Christian, and Bishop Lynch. The Chargers do not appear to have an exploitable weakness up to this point, as sophomore quarterback Luke Carney runs an extremely efficient offense, featuring running back Zach Hernandez, wide receiver Speedy Nettles, and offensive lineman Cole Burke and Porter Nix. Nolan Catholic is 1-3 on the young season, but those losses have come to formidable opponents, and the win came to the D2 title favorite at the time, Fort Worth All Saints. Quarterback Cole Matsuda and wide receiver DB Antonio Hall have proven to be an electric duo and will look to put up numbers on DC. However, I cannot bet against Dallas Christian in the spot. I did it once. I do it very rarely. In the last two times I've done it against Second Baptist and Fort Bend Christian, I've been very wrong. You know, I know it's a D3 versus D1 matchup. I don't care. So is DC versus Lynch. I Give me DC in this game. I think they win. Walker, your thoughts on DC versus Nolan? Uh, You got to respect Dallas Christian. These past couple of weeks, they've been really, 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 really good. Um. But I'm going to go with the 817 here. I'm going to go Fort Worth Nolan in this one. Um, I think the the fact that they've played a lot of top teams in private school really, really close is very, very impressive. And I think the strength of schedule for this team uh, just very – I'm just impressed with it and how good they've done. And Cole Matsuda looks really, really good this year with Antonio Hall and that defense. So, and because of this and because of the strength of the schedule, uh, give me Nolan Catholic. Fair enough. Ryan Schroeder, just just the pick. Nolan Catholic. Fair mm. enough. Okay, I'm glad I'm on an island yet again. I, I love having our picks diversified because it means that there's no way we get absolutely screwed. Oh, you know, Ryan, I would love to have you talking about these games, but we just couldn't, we couldn't rein it in, could we? God dang it. Okay, game number two, Fort Worth Christian versus Grapevine Bay. Faith is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Fort Worth Christian enters the contest 3-0 and with wins over solid programs Bishop Dunn and Grace Prep. They are averaging 48 points per game on the young season and boast a prolific offense with the likes of Jacob Trimble. Walker, you want to give me some other guys for, for Fort Worth Christian that are, that, are really, that are really performing this year? Yeah, guys like uh, Addison Curtin, you know, the guy that we mentioned last time, uh, uh, Jordan Green, uh, Luke Anderson is a guy who's versatile. Bryce Bradley. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's also a guy who's been rushing the ball a lot, a little bit, and his name is Landon Spencer. So they have like a couple guys that are going to be really, really good, just athletes for that offense who's been really good. Yeah, for sure. Very prolific. Almost 50 points a game, as we mentioned. Looking at Grapevine Faith, they're coming, they are two and two coming off of consecutive losses to ESD and Liberty Christian and only putting up 20 combined points in those games. The backfield of John Raybuck and Clayton Sebecki, which who was previously injured, and I'm not sure if Sebecki is going to be available for this contest. Regardless, 
I think Fort Worth Christian is returning to form here, and I think they handle faith here. Give me the Cardinals in. Well, I yeah, I'll say I think it's going to be a close game. Give me Fort Worth Christian. Walker, your thoughts? I think the loss to Liberty from Faith really like really interests me, and I think I don't know if it's Faith is not as good as I thought, or Liberty's just like that. You know, I think Liberty is just like that, but um, because of that. And I, you know, Carson Crosses looked good and, you know, John Raybuck's looked good, but losing Clayton Sebecki, I believe he's hurt now. I think that's a big loss for them. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to play the hot hand in Fort Worth Christian here. And I'm going to pick him. It's fair enough. Ryan, uh, which team are you going with here? Remember, one, just one sentence or one word. Fort Worth Christian. Fair enough. Um, that does scare me because now we are all riding on one team. We know how that movie ends. But moving on, we have Coram Deo versus St. Mark's. St. Mark's is a 20 and a half point favorite in this game, which I think is utterly ridiculous. And I will get into the reasoning why. Coram Deo enters this contest two and two, but have also lost their last two to Tolar and Grace Prep. The Lions appear to have improved this year behind Brock Holton, Ian Mitchell, and a plethora of other contributors. St. Mark's is coming off of a win against Legacy Christian and also have a win against Fort Worth Country Day. As for this game specifically, you know, I'm rocking with the Lions. Um, I'm all here for the Coram Deo resurgence. And you already know Ryan and I are both the advocates for Division II, District II. I think that I think that, that district's going to surprise a lot of people. Ryan could also provide you more information on his thoughts. However, Walk Ryan has backed me into a corner and forced me to only allow him to pick the you, games. You have really messed with West Hollis in here tonight. Wes is on, on the ropes right now. It is... I don't know how he's not handling. He's not handling this well. Oh, I just, I, I, I can just imagine everything that's going to be said about this episode now. And it's just playing on a loop through my head, which. <sighs> Walker, your thoughts on Coram Deo versus St. Mark's for the record. I have Coram Deo. I'm just going to pick St. Mark's in this one. You know, they have a couple of dudes. Hudson Bloom is one of them. A guy I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does is Henry Estes, the 2025 guy. You need to watch this kid, West 6'5, 240. Um, big, big player at the at uh, at St. Mark's. Guys like uh Grant Warnicky, Asher Wilburn. I'm excited to see who they have at the wide receiver position because you know you lose Connor Duffy, who uh could have played co- college ball, but I believe he went somewhere else. And you know, they also lose uh Elijah Ellis and Sam Illuminor um, and Alex Natalini, who believe there was a quarterback last year. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up for this team because we haven't really seen a lot of that this year. But um, they have a couple guys and Henry Estes is one to watch for sure in that 2025 class. Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be incredibly interesting as for the matchup. Ryan, I'm assuming you're going to back me with D2 District 2, but who are you picking for Quorum Deo versus St. Mark's? Quorum Deo. Fair enough. I, I, I like that answer. Hopefully our, our division will pull it out. Moving into the second to last game, we have Second Baptist versus the Kincaid School. Kincaid is a 14 and a half point favorite in this game. The Falcons come into the contest two and two with wins over two teams I am not at all familiar with. Tomball Christian Homeschool and Little Cypress Mauriceville. David Capobianco and 23 stud athlete Micah Bell are the standout players for the defending SBC champions. Second Baptist is one and three on the young season and they need to get it figured out 
quickly before district. However, with the likes of Turner Murdoch, J.D. Crisp, and Kyle Cole Morgan, they have as good a shot as any in this game. However, still have to side with the Falcons. You know, I like the combination of Capo Bianco and Bell a lot. I think that they just have a good culture in place down there at Kincaid. You know, I'm not saying it's because the spread is 14 and a half, but, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Um, I like the Falcons in this game. Walker, your thoughts on this matchup? You know, I'm going to go second Baptist on this one. Um, Kincaid, for sure, you know, have one of the better players in all of private school and Micah Bell. Um, David Campianco looks like a really good quarterback, but um, in the 24 class, but man, I don't know who else they have. And that's probably going to be clipped, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, but I don't know. Like um, losing Dylan Bell was a big, big loss for them, but they also lost uh, a, like their linebacker. They lost their other wide receiver, Cam Henry, who's going to Harvard. They have, they have, a, they lost a lineman or two. They lost a lot of guys on that team. Um, so I'm excited to see who is kind of steps up for them. Like, I know, you know, they have a couple guys like Nico Gomez is another one, but um, I don't know who else is going to step up this year. And the their schedule, I think, is just interesting because I don't know most of these teams. Like you said, Wes, like I, I can't compare it to anything, but at least Second Baptist has plays, played a proven private school schedule that I can compete from. Uh, so for that kind of reason, I'm going to go uh, Second Baptist. Brother, I can guarantee you if you are worried about something being clipped from this episode, it's not going to be your quote. I can promise you that. <laughs> Ryan Schroeder, second Baptist or Kincaid, who are you taking? Kincaid. Thank you, Ryan Schroeder. Okay, last game that we will be previewing, Weatherford Christian at Munster Sacred Hearts. Sacred Heart is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Both teams are 3-0 and on the year. Weatherford is averaging almost 50 points per game, and Sacred Heart is putting up 38. As of now, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm going to take Weatherford. I think Edward Jackson, Hunter McCoy, and Braden Bork are going to establish enough firepower to get the job done here and also establish the Lions as a dominant presence in Division Four. Walker, I know we've talked a lot about Weatherford Christian, whether that be in a few episodes last year or in the um, post seven on seven episode. Your thoughts on this game versus Sacred Heart? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Weatherford Christian here. Um, I think, yeah, like you kind of said, like, I think this is going to be the game that established themselves as like the team in TAPS Division four. Um I Ezra Jackson sound, has been like it feels like he's been in private school forever. And like he's now another year at uh, uh sacred uh whatever whatever Christian Hunter McCoy is a great quarterback in the 2024 class and Braden Bork is a underrated guy man I know he's visited some uh, Division One schools um he he came he was a starter at six A Weatherford and came over to Weatherford Christian and is a big time player for them guys like also the twins that you know were big time players I want to give a shout out to Brody Clark the 2026 wide receiver um he's played really good for them and he's gonna be one to watch in that 26 class um I'm just I'm impressed with these dudes man I'm excited to see how they turn out but yeah, hey no, I think- Ryan Ryan Swarinski is that guy don't get it twisted he is that dude but I I think Weatherford Christian has too much power firepower and they've done it for a lot of weeks now yeah I definitely think so Ryan your pick on this game sacred heart 
for some reason i had an inkling that would happen but also i like we've had a lot of not a whole lot of parity in terms of our picks this year we are all picking a lot of different teams that's kind of reflected in our pick records but also it it really drives down the chance of us getting meme to death on twitter although that's definitely going to happen for other reasons now but Walker Lot, um, you know, normally I would turn to Ryan Schroeder as well in this situation, but we had to, you know, we had to uphold the rules. You have anything else to add before we get out of here? Um, I'm excited for another great week. A lot of these are some big time games to kind of establish themselves in their division, you know, uh, whether for Christian, if they win this one, that's established themselves as the favorites to win it all this year. Uh, Coram Deo, if they beat St. Mark's, established themselves as a big team this year in Division Two. Kincaid and SBS. Kincaid, if they win this one, kind of shows that they say they can still got in taps or SBC 4A. And uh, Nolan DC, if Nolan, if DC beats Nolan, that's going to be a big time win for those teams, for the Chargers down there in Mesquite. Um, so, yeah, this is just a big time week for like how much credit you need to show these teams in their divisions. I completely agree. I think it's going to be a huge week for, you know, kind of district ranking implications and see where all these teams are going to be right before they start district. But with that being said, that is actually all we have for this episode. So as always, I have been one third of your hoster crew, Wes Tolleson, Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder. I will see you in the next episode. See you next week. Three, two, one. Here we go.